Hello and welcome to Heal, Pray, Grow, a podcast that helps you heal from rejection, pray for peace, and grow in abundance. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Heal, Pray, Grow. First off, I just feel like I need to tell y'all what's been, what has been going on, okay, with your sis. <laughs> um, so I have been just so overwhelmed with happiness, joy, um, a little bit of a exhaustion. The tour was amazing for all of you who are listening. They came to the workshops. I just want to say thank you so much. It was such an honor to see you. For those of you who wanted to come, but I didn't, you know, I didn't come to your city. I just want to say thank you for even, you know, thinking about coming. We had an amazing time. I was in LA, of course, Oakland, uh, because you guys know I'm from the Bay Area, um, Atlanta and Brooklyn, and we just had an amazing, amazing time. Every city has so much love. Um, I think the biggest cities were, of, co- of course, like Oakland, there was like 23 people. Atlanta, there was like 16 or 18 people. Um, and it was just such a great, great time. Um, did not get a chance to go to Houston. Uh, had to cancel Houston because nobody bought tickets in time, but it was all good. Like it was a learning experience for me. It was an honor for me. So I was one of those authors that kind of got pushed down by COVID. I wasn't able, you know, to really like go to different cities and market my book and stuff like that because you know, COVID came and just kind of shut the game down for traveling and all of that. So this was like my opportunity to, you know, not just really make it like about the book. But don't get me wrong, I'm definitely a writer, you know, at heart. But the thing that brings me the most joy is, you know, being able to coach, being able to do the workshops, being able to see the growth in people, being able to see people just elevate their levels of healing, um, you know, to levels that they never even thought they would go. And just kind of seeing God using me as the vessel is really amazing. It's a privilege and it's an honor. So I just want to thank you, you know, thank you for coming. And today I really wanted us to talk about, you know, what do we do with those people in our life that are just not going to change? I wanted to talk about this because while I was on tour, a big thing that I kept getting asked is about like relationships. And when I say relationships, I mean like all relationships, like, you know, coworkers, friends, family members, intimate partners, like all relationships, the relationship even that we have with ourselves, you know, and with God, like, you know, what do we do when we have set the boundaries, when we have observed the person's capacity, when we have just really been a witness to this person may never really be able to support me how I need it. 
yet and still I care about them. You know, we've been friends or we've known each other for X amount of time. What do I do? And surprisingly, you know, my response to this question is not always what people want to hear. But I always say that we have to start to get to a point where we say, okay, how long am I going to keep blocking people? How long am I going to keep cutting people? How long am I going to keep avoiding people? Um, A big thing that we talked about on the tour is behavior patterns that is no longer serving us. And I had, so I had been knowing that I wanted to do this tour since December of 2021. And I was planning it. I was telling my family and my friends like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I was asking my family and friends like, hey, who, you know, who's available, you know, to come with me to these cities. This is what I want to do. So because of that, I had been researching and studying self-compassion and behavior patterns, ways to change negative behavior patterns or behavior patterns. I don't like using the word negative and I'm going to tell you why. But I had been researching this for like six, seven months, right? Plus, you know, any of you that have been following me for a while or or have read my book, you already know that like, I'm a nerd when it comes to that kind of stuff. When it comes to healing from codependency, I feel like God always has me at a place where I've done a lot of work and I'm on another level of it, but I'm still myself engraved in a lot of situations in my own personal life that caused me to never, never forget how difficult it was. And that's one of the reasons why I just enjoy being able to give you guys gems and talk about this type of stuff because, you know, a lot of people may be listening like, you know, once I heal, it's going to get better. And sometimes that getting better don't look the way we think it's going to look. Sometimes getting better just means that we're in the same situation, but we have a different perspective. We have different tools. So it's like the way we view it, the way we feel it is different. We're no longer internalizing our feelings because now we know ways to communicate. But now we're actively communicating with people and we're dealing with the responses of that. So it's just a whole nother layer to it. But I asked the question, how long are we going to continue this behavior? Because blocking, avoiding and stuff like that really is behavior patterns that we use to survive a very difficult childhood that many of us had, right? I don't want to constantly go over ways that we become codependent every time you guys hear an episode, but I do want to remind you that a lot of the conditions um, that bring us to, you know, a level of being codependent are very traumatizing. Dealing with parents who have mental health issues, um, dealing with parents, you know, or caregivers that have like severe, you know, alcoholism and drug abuse, um, can't regulate themselves and all of those things is very traumatizing. 
And sometimes when we survive situations, we start to minimize it in our adulthood life. But it's like the inner self still sees that as trauma. And now we have friends, we have money, we have clothes, we have vacations, um, we have our jobs, we have all these different things that we do to kind of prevent us from thinking about how traumatizing it was, but that does not take away the fact that it was traumatizing. And so because of that, when we start to heal, we have to kind of ask ourselves, is it really serving me to block people, avoid people, et cetera, et cetera? Is it really serving me to be passive aggressive? Now, I do want to make it clear. I'm not talking about people that you have set clear boundaries with because they've hurt your feelings or they've done something that you just don't like. I'm talking about people who genuinely care about you, but they just fail to show up in the way that you need them to. You know, like cutting off people who genuinely love us really is just a hindrance to us. Like it's not helpful, you know what I'm saying? Um, and at one point, I, you know, if you have the if you have this mindset, like, well, what do I do with this person? I want you to know that I can very much empathize with you. I got to a point in my journey where I was just like, I'm cutting off everybody. <laughs> it's like, you know what, like, Hey, I need people who can really support me on this on this situation. Like I need somebody who understands when I say, damn, I've been crying all night because I set a boundary or man, like, you know, I'm just exhausted from the point of constantly trying to communicate. It's like friends and family members who communicate what they need easily, who set boundaries easily, they're not gonna understand that. Right. So I completely get it. Like I was there, too. Now, of course, I didn't do it. It was just always in my mind. But what we don't realize sometimes is we kind of start to move like it's already happening. So it's like you don't reach out to the person as much. You don't call the person as much. And and really, I'm not saying I want you to ignore that, because really, that's your spirit, like trying to flow, flow to what you need. Right. You're trying to find people on that same level or going through that same situation of what you need. And that's actually um, healthy to a certain extent. But what we want to make sure we do is we still need to have contact with the people that loved us before we even knew that we were lovable. We still need to have contact with people that carried us, that poured into us. Um, and it will look different. It will be confusing, you know, because you're like, well, damn, I really don't do nothing. I really don't like, like, if I was, if I knew who I was going to be now, I probably wouldn't even rock with this person, right? Like me and this, the things that me and this person have in common, I don't even necessarily do these things anymore. And that's where our job comes in because we now have to ask ourselves, what are our needs, mapping them out, and then like truly ask ourselves, what need did this person meet five years ago, 10 years ago? 
because that's where you'll be able to find the commonality between you and that person, right? For a lot of my friends, my friends know me as Tanisha. They don't really know me as TJ Self-Care. And I had to understand that there's power in that by itself to literally be with a group of people and everybody know what you need. Everybody is taking care of you in one way or another. That's a blessing. And that's something that I really value now stepping into this new platform because I need to be full in order to pour into you, right? I need to be full in order to, to pour into the clients that I coach. I need to be full in order to be able to write like a fire ass book that's going to help you with your healing. Right. So it's important for me to really be around people that I don't have to do anything with, you know, and I always share my own story so you can find your you can find your own. So it's like I want you to think in that same way, you know, like what does this person do that values your relationship with them? You know, and I'm not saying that everybody in your life has to do something for you in order for, you know, in order for you to be friends with them. But what I am saying is we do need to connect with people that can take us to the next level, be with people that can nurture us at the level that we're at, and then also have those friends and family members that just love us for who we are. So it's like three levels, you know? And if you are cutting out people when you get to a level of, well, I love myself, I know who I am, and you don't, you, you now don't fit in that category, you're chopping off the opportunity to grow with people. Because relationships are like a path. I honestly really feel like life is a path. Our journey is a path. Like when I envision my life, and I want you to go here with me, like imagine yourself just like walking through a garden and there's a trail through that garden. And as you keep walking, you see like, the sun, you see just pure beauty right in front of you. And that's where you're going. And at every little nook and cranny and turn, there's either going to be a new person or an old person. Like, I feel like all of us are on a journey, right? And the only job that you have is to keep walking on the journey. When we allow people to stagnate us and get us to a place of walking on their journey or not walking on our journey at all, that's when it gets challenging because now you are allowing this person to take you off of your journey. But when you truly are walking on your own journey, and you are allowing other people to walk with you on that journey, not trying to control how they walk with you or where they walk with you, just allowing them to do their thing as you're doing your thing. That's when you really see a beautiful picture because it's like now imagine you and all your friends on this journey, family included too, everybody that you care about. 
And all of a sudden, one person stops. That's their stop. That's where they, that's where, that's where God slash the universe, you know, I want to respect what everybody believes. I've, if you're listening to this, you know, if you know me, you know, there's only one God for me, right? <laughs> right. But I'm just respecting everybody. Like this person stops on this path, right? You are steady going. Another friend stops, you know, further up the path with you. You're steady going. Then eventually those two friends that have their own little stops, you meet them up along another hill. And now all three of you are walking together again for X amount of time. It's like that is that should be the flow of like the way that we think about relationships and the way that we think about how to incorporate them. What we often do is we try to control the roles that people have in our life. And I know some is somebody out there that's listening to me like, TJ, I am not controlling. And I want you to know that I'm saying this with love. There's a possibility that you might be. Trust me, I didn't want to believe that I was controlling either. But this is what we have to think about. Growing up, the way we grew up, many of us, under those same, you know, situations that I shared earlier, we had to feel like we were in control of something. We had to feel like something in our life was something that we could grab a hold to to say, this is not going to change. And that's where our controlling issues came about because we ended up feeling like in order for everything to go right, I have to have my hands in it. I have to be the one that says, this is what it is. This is how it's going to be. This is who's in place to do this. And then as long as that happens, everything is going to be all good. Now, I say these things with nothing but love, light, and healing energy, okay? We have to let this mindset go because it's hurting us, it's affecting our relationships, and it's also affecting our healing journey because there's only so much healing we can do when we refuse to admit the things about ourselves that we may not want to remember. Because what what happens when we have to admit that we are blocking people that want to love us in a certain way? They wanna be there for us in a certain way. We have to admit now that, well, yes, to a certain extent, maybe I am controlling. And then it's it's easy to find little things, you know, where they're always doing stuff like this, or they're always saying stuff like this. And don't get me wrong, I'm not talking about those people that straight up refuse to accept our boundaries and just kind of try to walk over us or make us feel less important. That's not, that's not who I'm talking about right now. 
who I'm talking about are those people that want to love us, that want to be there for us. But for whatever reason, we have concluded that because they don't show up exactly how we want them to, it's not enough. Their love is not enough. Their time is not enough. The way they show up for us is just not enough. That That's the people that I'm talking about right now. And that's one of the reasons why I really want you to ask yourself, how much of this is me trying to control and how much of this is me setting a boundary? Because a lot of times when we first start setting boundaries, we say no to everything. It's similar. They're similar to a child. So for those of us who have children or or spend a lot of time with our nieces and nephews, or maybe you're in the uh, the child care, um, you know, career path, you probably already know this. But between the ages of about mm, probably like 18 months to like maybe two and a half, you know, everything is no. As soon as a child realizes that no gives them some form of power, they so no, they say no to everything. I've had kids on my caseload that will shake their head yes and say no. <laughs> you know, and so now that we're here as adults trying to set these difficult boundaries, we do the exact same thing. The first response is always no. And then we think about it, and some of us may come back to the person, some of us may not. Sometimes we just say, you know what, it is what it is this time, and I'm just going to, you know, explain what I need from that person, you know, next time. But for this time, it was no. Don't want to talk to you, don't want to interact with you, no, 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 no. And all those things are okay. You know, I say that they're okay because we have to really understand two things. Number one, we're on a healing journey. We brand new to this, okay? We're not true to this. <laughs> we're new to this, you know. I hope I'm not I hope I'm not aging myself by using those terms. I hope that's still a cool term that people use, but we're not new we're not uh we're not true to this. We're new to this. And so we have to understand that it's going to be some forks in the road and we ain't going to know which way to turn. It's going to be a lot of mistakes that we make, you know. We may have some regrets from time to time, but it's all learning and it's all a part of our healing journey. And secondly, we have to remember that we have to do this with grace and self-compassion. We can't be overcritical. We can't be um, demanding what ourselves because all of that generally comes from parents or caregivers who were overcritical and demanding with us. So now as adults, here we are trying to use the same, same tools that were used on us that got us to a place of never thinking that we're good enough, never thinking that we can do anything right. Everything that's wrong is always our fault. And all those 
negative thoughts that we start to have. And I call it the rabbit hole. Before you know it, you're traveling down the rabbit hole of negative thoughts and negative energy and negative emotions that just make you feel horrible about your entire life, your entire experience. And that's not the goal. The goal is we want to show up every day for ourselves and have as much energy as we can for ourselves and for our experiences that day. When you first start healing and truly trying to apply all these things that we talk about on this podcast, that you're reading about, that you're, you know, listening to from other people and other, um, you know, other platforms, when you really start to implement all these things, you don't have time to be negative with yourself because some days yourself is all you're going to have. There are days when I get up and I'll be like, I don't want to go to this job. I don't want to deal with anything that's going to happen during this day. And if I also had a mindset of, Tanisha, you're doing everything wrong and nothing's working out for you, I probably wouldn't even be recording this right now. I'll probably be somewhere curled up in a hole crying. And for some of us, we've had days like that. God knows I've had I've had days where all I did was get up, take a shower, wrap my hair back up and put on some leggings and a t-shirt and lay right back in the bed. I even got dark curtains. I mean, it was a whole vibe. Dark curtains in my room and I would just be in my room just crying. I would go through a rotation of crying, praying, eating, sleeping. That was it. And then I would wake up again and I would pray, eat, cry, and go back to sleep. And that was the day. And it's so, so, so exhausting. It's so exhausting. And one of the things that I talked a lot about, which is why I want to talk about it here, is it's like, imagine if on those days where you were just done, you were just tired, you were over it, that you had somebody that you could call and say, hey, bro, hey, sis, how you doing? How are you? and share how you feeling. Or imagine if you had a day like that and you could just call that one friend who you know she love you, but sis just got so much going on that she ain't gonna do nothing but talk about herself. And some people say, well, that's a bad thing. You shouldn't be in relationships with people that talk about themselves. This is the difference. Being in a friendship with somebody that their first go-to is to talk about themselves is not the issue. The issue is when you point it out to that person and you tell them that you need them, are they now able to stop talking and directly focus on you and be present for you? Now, if you have not tried that with your friends and you are just assuming 
that because they talk all the time, they can't be there for you. I want you to try that. And I know it takes a lot, some vulnerability, okay? But I'm, listen, I'm doing this podcast during one of those days where I just had a message on my heart. You know, normally, I'm not even going to lie to y'all. Normally, like, my last episodes, I have, like, my little PowerPoint out. I'll be hitting all my little points that I want to talk to you guys about. Because I'm like, okay, I want to make sure they know this, they know this, they know this. And then we're going to pray. And then, you know, that's it. This episode and the last episode, I haven't been able to do that. And I feel like it's because... I'll just be sitting somewhere, either at home or work or driving somewhere, and I'll start praying. Because every episode, I ask, I ask God, I say, God, what you want me to talk about today? What's needed today, right? Because I don't, you know, I don't know you guys. I don't know what you're going through day to day. You know, I'm pretty much just remembering my my days of when I was first healing. And I'm also just re- just knowing that even though we on different levels, we share that same commonality of trying to handle a life of codependency and people pleasing, right? I'm not I'm not uh you know away from that so to speak. I may be on level 100 and you on level 16, but we still we still all playing the same game. <laughs> You know, Um, and so most of the time, you know, I just kind of try to remember, okay, what would I have liked to hear? What would have been helpful to me? But uh, anyway, I digress. I'm going to keep it, you know, just 100 real. We have to stop assuming that people can't support us when we don't have conversations. And if you are calling somebody a friend and you can't be vulnerable with them, I would highly encourage you to stop calling that person a friend. That person is an associate. If you cannot tell somebody, hey, you know what? I know, you know, I'm I'm generally, I'm always listening to you and me and you able you know, to just talk and process how you feel and stuff like that. But today I kind of need you to do this, do that for me because I've been going through X, Y, Z. You should be able to do that with every single person you call a friend. And if you are fearful of doing that with somebody, it's either one or two things going on. Either you are still going through the process of your own healing and you're trying to get used to even asking people for, you know, for time and to listen like that, which is completely fine. Or this person has done something in the past to make you feel like it's not safe. And if you feel like it's not safe, to be telling this person, hey, I really need you today. If you think they're going to lash out or they're going to get upset or they're going to do something like that, then you do not need to be friends with this person. I'm just I'm just going to be transparent. Like, am I trying to control you and control the decisions you make? Absolutely not. But without even knowing who listened to this podcast, I care about you. Because for one, I'm just truly honored you know, that you are allowing me to support you on your healing journey by listening to my podcast. And for two, I know your journey to a certain extent. 
And you don't deserve to be friends with nobody that you can't be vulnerable with. You don't deserve to be in intimate relationships with people that you can't be vulnerable with. All this stuff, they I told y'all, like, you know, I'm 38, so 38, dating at 38 versus dating at 25 probably do look different. But I've been coming into these things vulnerable. I'm not here for the games. I'm not here for the foolishness. Am I saying you need to marry me next week? Absolutely not. But me asking you if you're dating for marriage, if that question rushes you away from me, then I'm praising God because I didn't have time to be dealing with you anyway. I'm not about to be, you know, laying my baby hairs down and putting on my four-inch heels and my cute dresses and my red lipstick to go out with a man that don't want to see this every day of his life. <laughs> okay? I'm not doing it. If you're trying to say it for two weeks, then that's why I got social media. You can look at pictures of me all day long. I'm trying to spend my time with somebody who wants to see this every single day, who can pour into me, who can value me, who knows the value of me, right? And you should too. It's like all relationships, you know what I'm saying? Friendships, intimate relationships, even at your job. You should not be at jobs where you feel like people taking advantage of you and you are not valued as a, as an employee, Like, we really have to, you know, take an assessment of what relationships do we have where we need to either have conversations with people or, you know, categorize this person. Because everything is not always about blocking, but it is about communication. It's about communication and it's about understanding right? I talk about it all the time. We have to understand people's capacity, right? If I were to have looked to all my friends and family to help me figure out how to write a book, I probably would have fell out with half my family and half my friends because that's not why they in my life. I had to seek other people in order to do that. And through that, God bless more relationships, right? But it's like every single relationship doesn't require the same amount of time. When when my dad passed away, I was spending most of my time with friends and family who had lost somebody close to them who could relate, who could guide me, support me. Some of my friends had literally just lost, my brother had just lost his brother like six months before uh, before my dad died. And it's like, he didn't know what to do with his grief either, but he was able to sit with me. Like he was able to support me. And me and him just supported and nurtured each other during that moment and poured into each other. And from that, the relationship grew stronger than what it ever was. And it's like, if I would have been searching for other friends or other people to do that, who knows if we if I would have had who, who knows when I would have had another opportunity to know him in the same manner that I know him now, to love him in the same manner that I love him now. 
you know, one of my, you know, one of my close cousins, you know, she, she took up her, her, her whole summer to help me on tour. When I asked, she said, yes. If I would have been asking, you know, aunties and uncles and other friends and everybody else and then mad at them because they can't come, I wouldn't have had an amazing opportunity to get to know her on a different level. So it's like what I'm trying to say is feeling like we have to block people, avoid people, you know, no longer interact with people, cut people off just because we have a disagreement about something or just because that person don't show up for us in the way that we would want them to is hurting us more than it's helping us. Because love and friendships, it really, you should really feel like, you should feel like you have a basket full, right? The only commonality in that basket full is that when you are down and out and you just don't have nothing going on for yourself, every single person you got in that basket, you should feel like without a shadow of a doubt, they going to be there for you. Now, that be there for you may look different, but they're going to be there for you. That's the only commonality. But in terms of like all all your friends, all your family got to be with you on this certain situation because that's what we do as family or that's how they show you love. I really want you to sit down and ask yourself, how is that serving you? How is it really serving you? Because love looks different. And when we try to control how people show us love, now that's now we have to do a reassessment. <laughs> now we have to ask ourselves who really is the common denominator in all these situations. And what you'll find is it's us, right? And we can't control how people love us. You can guide people. You can tell people what you need. You can tell people, you know, what you what you desire from them to do. But essentially, they're going to love you the way that they, the only way that they know how. So I learned a valuable, valuable lesson. Well, I learned so many lessons, so many lessons when my dad passed away. Um, and to, to tell y'all all those lessons, I'm, I'll probably be, <laughs> it probably would take me 10, 15 podcasts. Okay. But the lesson that I learned when it comes to this particular topic is I was angry because the people that I had poured into at that time could not pour into me in that situation. And I said to myself, if I had known that when the rubber really met the road, these people couldn't show up, I probably wouldn't have spent as much time with you. I probably would have poured into my other relationships of people that could be there for me. That was my first thought. But then as time started moving like it always does and you know, we start thinking, we start reflecting. I said, but can I really hold it against people if they honestly don't know how to support me? Me expecting them to figure it out 
is that not the same level of trauma and criticism that was placed on me that I placed on myself? Is that not the same level of criticism that you place on yourself? Because many of us came from backgrounds where we had to figure it out. And we were blessed that we did figure it out. But does that mean, so being in a relationship with us, being, being friends with us means that people have to figure out things that they don't know how to do? That's kind of a, a messed up way for us to build relationships, you know, when you really think about it. And I just want you to reflect on it. If you are a person that journals, I want you to journal about it. And I want you to ask yourself, the people that I am not talking to, the people that I'm avoiding, the people that I'm cutting off for every reason, do they really deserve to be cut off or avoided? I mean, nobody deserves it. But based on the situation, based on what has happened um, with you and, and that pe those people or that person, was it a time where they just truly don't know how to support you? Or was it a time where they just didn't, they didn't come through for you because of whatever other reason? But generally, people don't come through for us because they don't know how to support us. And sometimes that does look like them ignoring the text, ignoring the call. You know, they go ghost in hopes that when they come back, we would have figured out a way to support ourselves. But I know this is going to sound crazy because it used to sound crazy to me, too. But even when people do that, it doesn't mean that they don't care about you. It just means that they don't know how to help you. And that's where the communication comes in. So you can let them know, like, hey, I don't like when you ghost me. Or, hey, I don't like when you do X, Y, Z. You know, it makes me feel abandoned. It makes me feel like you don't care. You know, and then open them up, you know, so that they could tell you what happened. Now, if the person starts flipping stuff back on you and saying that you always going through stuff and so on, so on, so on, so on then that's when it's like, hey, all right, it may be time to exit stage left <laughs> on this on this friendship and definitely an intimate relationship, definitely, because you don't need to be with nobody like that. Um, but if they themselves get kind of quiet and, you know, or they seem kind of anxious or, or they say something like, man, you know, it was just too much and I didn't know, you know, how I support you and, you know, uh, man, you know, I was just praying for you because I didn't know what else to tell you. If the conversation is going like that and they're holding some level of accountability, it could really just be that they love you and they just didn't know how to support what you was going through. So as always, you know, I have a scripture, you know, I always have to have a scripture. I don't like to do nothing without God. And I feel like prayer is significant to healing. So the scripture for today is Isaiah 41.10. And it says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So this scripture is significant to me about where we're talking about today, because we do have to remember that within all things, God is always there. He loves us. 
He is protecting us and he's never going to leave us. So we can be concerned about, you know, if people are going to like us or what it means to really be vulnerable and share our needs with people because God is always going to be there. And between God and yourself, you always going to be good. So let's pray. Lord, we just want to say thank you for another time to just reflect, heal, and grow. We ask, Lord, that as we continue on our journeys, that you remind us to look at people as an avenue for us to get healing, love, and support that can only stem from you. Let us look at people as vessels where we can get, get the nurtures and the guidance that we need. We ask, Lord, that as we continue on this journey, that you remind us that we are not alone. You remind us that we are never too much. And you remind us that we will always be okay as long as we keep our hands in yours. In the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray and ask these things. Listen, I want to thank you so much for joining me on another podcast. I hope you are having an amazing day. I promise that I will be recording at uh, way, way earlier than I did this episode. Please make sure that you tag me after you watch it, and I'll talk to you soon. Have a great, great day. Bye.